is Comsco Crosstalk. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Mike Reardon. And we're coming to you live today from Data Center World in Austin, Texas. I'm here today with Lee Smith, widely known data center consultant. Welcome to the podcast, Lee. Thank you, Mike. It's uh, good to be here. Nice to, nice to be on your, on your podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you. So usually what I like to do, I like to get the audience to get to know you as quickly as possible. And I find that one of the most effective ways of doing that is finding out something about you. Music. Music yeah. tends to be a really common denominator with people. Yeah. So just thinking about music, what would you say is your favorite song or album and why? Well, my favorite song is um, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself here, but it's it's uh, Satchmo's "What a Wonderful World." Strangely enough, okay, yeah. Uh, my favorite band by um, New York Mile is Pink Floyd. Favorite album is "Dark Side of the Moon" with a close close second, "The Wall." Okay, but anything of Pink Floyd is great. And other than that, I've got a very broad musical taste from classical all the way through to rock and everything in between um, except for maybe a couple of artists that I just can't stand but we'll not mention them today in, just in case I upset anyone so but yeah that's you, it I think you have to have a, a, a pretty broad taste in music if you like Pink Floyd right? Because, yes okay so so you're a data center industry consultant and you've got an emphasis on data center operations resiliency I, I can probably guess but just for the sake of the audience Tell us a little about what, what exactly do you do? Well, what I do is um, I go into I've, I've been involved across the entire life cycle of the data center for all, over 30 years now. So from feasibility all the way through to commissioning and operations, and then after that, continued operations uh, and improvement. But um, what I do now is I look at data centers and data center organizations from an operational perspective, but not usually. The, the stuff that everyone looks at. The, I look at it from a resilience perspective. What is the capability or the capacity of a data center site or its team to at an operational level sustain a hit but still be resilient to be able to continue on uh, and be as close to business as usual in the event that something goes sideways. Mm. I stopped in on um, your talk yesterday Dude, where's my data center? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how you came to the decision to talk on that topic specifically. It's based on my experience. You know, over the last, since, what, over the last 10, 15 years, I've been called in to do a lot of uh, post-incident investigations. I call it critical site investigation. I actually spoke about that at Data Center World three, four years ago, um, where I used CSI, you know, the CSI TV program, just change it to critical site investigation, where these kinds of things come out. When when something happens in the site and you go in as part of a team or you're running or you're leading a team to do the investigation to find out what happened, how did it happen, all of that kind of stuff, some of the first things that we look at is show us the documentation that you have available on your site right now just to do the normal stuff. Um, and you'll be amazed how many times when you open up a documentation file and you look at a process or an SOP or a MOP or anything like that, it hasn't been updated or verified for in the last year. It's like it will have a date of you'll open it up in 2022 and the last verification date is in there for 2019. Wow. That is stuff that shouldn't happen. And this, there's one of two reasons. Other people believe that nothing has changed and therefore nothing needs to change. So it doesn't need to be updated. But even when... When you do that, you still have to timestamp the following year saying, we checked it, 
it's okay, we can move on. Because then at least you know there's a chronology of events. Um, but other times is the documentation is there, but the people around it don't necessarily understand the content of the documentation in such a way that they are able to execute effectively and efficiently even when something happens. And it is a common, I'm going to say the word common, but it's, it is a common issue, more common than it should be in the data center industry. So that's what my, that was my focus of, of the discussion yesterday. Obviously, we're at Data Center World. Yep. You've walked around the floor here. Yep. Tell me about what have you seen here that has been new, surprising? What, what has piqued your interest while you've been walking around? Um, I always look at, whenever I look at something, um, if I can use this analogy, it's not an analogy. Jerry Seinfeld, on one of his interviews, always used to say, whenever he speaks to somebody, he's always looking for material the whole time. That's what he does. Mm. He's looking, how can I turn this into a bit? How can I make this funny as part of my material? And, it, and he doesn't stop. It doesn't matter where he is or what he does. That's what he does, that, because that's, that's what he enjoys doing. Um, so when I look around, I always look at what is being on the floor and what is being offered and spoken about, and I find myself always, how, does this, how can this benefit operations? How can we turn this into an operational benefit? So when you look at physical security and you integrate that with the digital security and we integrate that with the offerings that you guys at Comscope have in terms of your network, your network infrastructure and your intelligent buildings, all of that. So all of this stuff, I mean, your new Propel uh, infrastructure that you have right now, that is a great addition to your arsenal of what you have on offer for all of your clients out there. For me, looking at and see how those things can all be integrated into a level where it sustains and, and, and supports operational capability and efficiency and effectiveness within digital infrastructures, not necessarily just data centers, but anything related to that. And so I've seen the physical security side of things. You look at the, the UPS infrastructure and the UPS capabilities, the different types of um, uh, generators there. People are now talking about natural gas more than they've ever spoken about that Interesting. before. And the nice thing that I like about the conversation that's being had by everybody, there is a sustainability component that is being drawn into all of it. Um, and I think that is, it's being driven by the conversation, obviously, but there's also that continuous thought process about how do we make things more sustainable for the future, um, you know, reducing greenhouse emissions, all of that kind of stuff. And that for me, as a collective of what I've seen and the discussions that are being had here on the floor is, yeah, our product is great and we do this and we've got all of these kinds of things. But then we talk about, then they bring the sustainability in and they back it up by saying, this is what it can offer you, this is how it can make it less um, greenhouse or CO2 generative, and this is our processes and how we manufacture these specific widgets is such and such and such. And that is the piece that is now really starting to come to the fore, and I like seeing that part. How much of the sustainability message do you believe is organic from customers asking for it versus policymakers are demanding it of corporations? Well, I think if you if you probably look at Europe, it's probably more policymakers. It's, 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 it's probably less organic. I'm not going to say it isn't organic. So a couple of my European friends will probably jump up and down now and say, how dare you say that? <laughs> but but for, for many other parts of the world, I think it's less regulatory and more voluntary, mm. uh, where people are seeing the benefit of going down that route 
there is a there's a cost benefit there's an efficiency benefit there are many attributes that can contribute to making things better for the future people are looking at that now and investing in that now so um, depending on where you are um, less regulation and more organic uh, and others other parts of the world it is the exact opposite mm. um, there are some places where there is no regulation whatsoever, but when you look at the digital infrastructure industry in those parts of the world, they are looking at doing things in a sustainable fashion on their own. It is not, they're not, reg, they're not self, they're more self-regulating than being regulated. Okay. And the one thing that I really enjoy about seeing all of this happen is that different organizations that may be in competition with each other in the market, when it comes to those types of discussions they are willing to share their information and their own experiences in such a manner that the industry as a whole benefits it and um, you know a couple of years ago I was listening to uh, Joe Carver and Christian Bellardi and, and those guys in a, in a conversation at one of the conferences and Joe said something that was very very poignant to me at that stage he said when we get around the table to talk about these things that affect the industry to grow the industry we park our company logos at the door and we leave our egos there too. Sure. Good. And for me, that is, that is what I enjoy about this industry is that most of the time when we get together, at, oh yeah, yeah, we are competitors and we're all wanting to get a, get a dollar or two, but when it comes to the collective of the industry itself, then we are very, very open to collaborating and see how we can make things better. And that I enjoy. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, Lee, I noticed that sticker over there on your phone. It says, what is this, Nomad Futurist Foundation? Yep. That's interesting. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, Nomad Futurist Foundation is a foundation that was uh, started by two freaking crazy dudes. The one guy's name is Nabil Mahmood, and the other one is uh, Phil Koblenz. Um, and it's a foundation that has been set up to bring the message and education of data centers and digital infrastructure to the younger generation because we have a we have a skill shortage in this in 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 in, in, in the digital infrastructure industry Absolutely. i mean we're all talking about this all of the time and it's right, driving right. us it's driving us mad and we're getting scared because of it and if you want to talk about sustainability it's not just about you know the sustainability that everyone talks about about making things more green and co2 and all of that mm -hmm. we need to sustain the people and bring people into the industry and that also has to be sustainable and at this moment in time there are more people leaving than there are people joining and the Nomad Futurist Foundation and I'm an ambassador of, 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 the, of this organization it's a non-profit organization that was founded and our goal is to get the message out and to get training material out through the Nomad Futurist Academy as well where we will be putting this uh, education material out to younger generation free of charge so that they can start learning about all of these things related to the digital infrastructure industry, data centers, and we can expose kids at a younger age to what this industry is actually about because many people walk out at university level and at college level and they don't even know about the data center industry. but. If ever, if ever there was an industry that proved itself as being able to deal with the blows, it was during COVID because mm, um, sure. you know, I always used to say during COVID that the health, the health professionals across the world were the front office of, that, of dealing with that virus. The digital infrastructure industry was the back office. Sure, I see that. Right. And it was 
our capacity to be able to deal with the demand of being remote and all of those things that helped us to get through it. And I'm not going to pat ourselves on the back and all of that, but that was that that really proved to ourselves what our industry is actually capable of. And I think we've cap- I don't think we've capitalized on that. Now through Nomad Futurist Foundation, we want to start getting that message out to the younger kids you know, junior school, middle school, high school, and into university to show them this is who we are, this is what you can do, this is what you can study, these are the things that you can think about, this is the importance of STEM, but we're going to give you this information for free. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're focusing lesser privileged areas all over the world, actually, in order to get that message out. Um, and so we, I think we're over 20 ambassadors now, um, with that have joined and become part of the Nomad Futurist Foundation. So for me, that education part, that, that sustainability component of the digital infrastructure, of data centers, um, for me that's important. And it's very, very close to my heart because I've been in the education game when it comes to data centers. I've been a trainer and an instructor and educator since 2010 as well. So that's very, very close to my heart. So that's what Nomad Futurist Foundation is all about. That's fantastic. Okay, so Lee, this has been great. A lot of good information. Um, Summarize what's going on here at Data Center World for me. What are you seeing? I see a lot of smiling faces, Okay, right, which is great. I see a lot of people talking and interacting and learning again um, because this is a... uh, We're all forever students in this industry. You never get to the point where you say, okay, I've learned enough. I get up every morning and every night I go to bed having learned something more something extra and for me that for me is always the most important part is the learning experience the networking meeting up people making new friends making new acquaintances um, and sharing sharing your experiences sharing your knowledge this is what's happening here at data center world Um, this this specific one is probably the biggest one that i've attended i've been here since 2018 this floor is one and a half times at least the size of what it was last year. So that alone tells you the growth. You, this is a physical sure. example of the growth of the industry yep. and how, how well the industry itself is actually performing and the, the confidence that people have within this industry as well, which is great to see. So those are the kinds of things that I see um, in terms of what Data Center World has revealed to me this week. And of course, lots of people just shaking hands and having a quiet glass of lemonade and some, you know, a couple of slices of bread, lemonade only, you know, and glasses of water, nothing else. Only lemonade. No, only lemonade. Lemonade only. Only lemonade only. Good. So, yeah. Lee, how do people get in touch with you if they have uh, questions or they want to talk with you? Oh, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. They can just look for me there, Lee Smith. Uh, I should pop relatively to the top. Or they can, yeah, just find me on LinkedIn. That's going to be the easiest and uh, send me a message there and I'll be happy to chat and take it from there. All good. Great. Oh, I appreciate that. Lee, thank you so much for being here today. Really thank appreciate you very it. much. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, thank you. And thank all of you for joining us. For more information, please go to comscope.com. My name is Mike Reardon and this has been Comscope Crosstalk. <laughs>